0: Hey everyone! Thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron. This is Caleb. We're just grateful to have you guys back with us uh, today. Um, Before we get started, just a quick reminder: be sure to check us out on social media. That's uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever uh, you're catching us on podcasts. Be sure to just to like, to review our content. Um, Stellar, phenomenal reviews only, as we continue again, um, just to grow it. And I know I don't want that become white noise. just just remember that that when we do that, when we take the time to share it, um, I mean one, it does make us feel better about ourselves but but more importantly, <laughs> more,
1: is there anything more important than that uh, though? yeah <laughs>
0: um, more importantly, you know we're we have the opportunity to impact the people around us, and so it doesn't take a lot, it's not going to hurt you yeah. it's not going to cost you anything um, but share the content because it does help us to grow this right that's um, the
1: game we have to play that's yeah. their rules, yeah. that's the it social is. media algorithm, <clears throat> you know. God's rules that you, you know, shares likes and and ratings and that's what, that's what increases your reach. You
0: yeah. Know? And I don't know that this is true, but, um, potentially, you know, for every, every one of our podcasts you share, you know, it counteracts the dirty meme, um, you know, kind of bounces right. out. Yeah. I, I don't know that that's actually legitimate, but you know, it's
1: a, it's a form of repentance. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm pretty sure. This
0: is my penance, you know, <laughs> my penance is I'm going to go ahead and share this podcast. one good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh, for real though share it
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i can't wait till we launch our tiktok channel
0: yeah oh yeah <laughs> um, so dirty, dirty dancing with aaron and caleb so it'll be great it'll, uh, it'll dirty dancing for jesus it'll be good i'll throw the jesus on there That's um, right. <laughs> but uh Today, um, I don't know what we're talking about. No, I no. don't know.
1: This has gone off the rails pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: just might as well give up now. No, um, but it's it's part two of uh, of a two part episode. So we started last week um, by um, introducing you to the subject and the content of codependency. Um, hopefully, um, hopefully. They- Hopefully we wounded some of you out there with like this like awareness in a good way of like, oh, that's me. Um, Because it it likely is you in some areas. Um, But more importantly, I mean, we hope that that your eyes were open to areas that of personal growth for you, or opportunities of ministry, um, in your family or, or in the circles that you run with. And so, um, we we talked about really just what is a codependent relationship, the different aspects of codependency, um, and the facets of it. And today we're going to continue that conversation, and we're we're going to look at what to do if you are codependent. Like, so what what are these steps? Um, um, to take to, to get healthy to, to break away to break the cycle um, So that um, rather than just being angry with us that, that <laughs> you can grow. That, that's our goal. Um, that's right We want to start with the anger like you get so mad at us that you're going to show us and in, in change for Jesus That's so, right. That's that's kind of the game plan here. However <laughs> but, it works. However Whatever works <laughs> best <laughs> now,
1: I'm uh, get really, Saved did, in spite of you. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Really we're throwing darts in the dark and hoping something sticks. But, that's right. <laughs>
1: I mean, we couldn't give it all away last, last episode, we had to have, you had to have a reason to come back this week. So, yeah, absolutely. you know, I'm always leave one more, that, that's the, that's hook. what I heard. That's the, hook. that's right.
0: Um, so, um,
1: so let's talk think, about, you know, let's, I let's, let's, yeah, I think you yeah. <laughs> have. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, talk about, well, let's recap real fast. Maybe, maybe today is the first day that you've ever listened to our podcast. And for that, I'm sorry. Um, first but number two let's recap a little bit so codependent means that we are in a a, a relationship where there's an imbalance in which one person is a taker and the other person's a giver and that person that's the giver is codependent on the other person meaning that they get all their kind of sense of value or purpose from fulfilling the needs of that taker and um and so that's that's codependency and we also touched on enabling which is enabling you don't have to be codependent to be an enabler. But all codependents enable, and so um, enable, enabling is oftentimes it's it's uh, it's we feel pity, or we feel sorry for somebody, and so we're just trying to be nice. We're trying to do what we think is the right thing, and so we we give to those people. Um, the and, you know a lot of times we sometimes we're just getting manipulated by those people into giving them things, and it's not necessarily what's the best for them. And so as enablers, we have to discern uh, between love and pity. Right? And we have to, to know that loving somebody is doing what's best for them and it's not just giving them what they want all the time. So that's kind of the two differences there uh, between a code somebody's codependent versus enabling. So let's talk about what do we do if you are codependent. So when I say you are codependent, meaning that in a relationship, you are the giver. You're the, the person who is being taken advantage of and you feel that you have to take care of the other person. So the first thing we're gonna talk about is that you have to understand that you have value and deserve to be loved for who you are, not what you do for others, okay? And so um, one of the things we talk about in our program here is that you find, we find value, purpose, and worth in who we are in Jesus Christ. So Jesus uh, gives us our purpose. Our purpose is to fulfill the will of God. God created us for a reason um, and enabled us to fulfill that reason. And as we come to know and establish a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ, we're given the spiritual gifts that enable us even more to do that thing that He has called us and created us to do. And that is all, that is everything and anything that we need to be uh, on this earth is who God called us to be. He created us the way He needed us to be, and um, you you don't need to find value from someone else. Someone else doesn't create you or make you who you are or or any of those things, you, you by yourself in, in Jesus Christ is, is everything you need to be And You deserve to be loved because of who you are, because you're a creation of our God and he loves you and there's nobody, you know, you don't need a a man or a woman to fulfill that need for you. Um, And so you need to come to that understanding that you don't need to do something for somebody else to get their love because. We have the love of, the, of our Heavenly Father um, always and forever. So that, that that would be the first thing we need to talk about.
0: Yeah, and we touched on that real mm-hmm. heavy in the last episode, and I think it is. It's, it's paramount, um, not only when we talk about codependency, but just in, in our walks is to begin to understand um, our value and, and the way that God sees us. No matter what part of the recovery journey you're on, no matter what you're pursuing, that this is— uh, it's kind of centered around that. Um, we're not the center of it, but but God's love's at the center of, of everything He did. You know, John three sixteen, for God uh, so loved the world that He sent His only, uh, one and only Son, so that that we would be saved, so that we wouldn't perish. And so, um, when you begin to really break down what the Bible said, God's word and and the gospel, you know, it's centered around God's love for us. Therefore, our life should be centered around. Um, around that, you know, who does God say that we are, Um, how does God value us, what has he done um, for us, and so if you put God at the center, God's love's at the center, and first and foremost, you know, Caleb said, yeah, we are God's creation, we know that from the beginning, from Genesis, that we were made in the image of God, we're image bearers, we're the only creation on earth um, that that is such, and so that, that, first off, that sets us apart all others, and and if you're tuning in and listening, and, and you don't quite understand that, I would Encourage you go back and, and look at that. You're not an accident. You know creation is not an accident. Um, so if you think that, that you've automatically devalued yourself, but as Christians, we need to recognize who you are created in the image of of god of the creator of all um and then that you were made intentional um you know psalms 139 says you know for you formed the inner parts you knitted me together you formed me in my, my mother's womb. that it paints this picture of the intentionality that god created you with and you can go back and you can listen to some of our previous episodes where we touch on just that that purpose um i think is we talked heavily about it um in episode maybe seventeen when we're talking about serving that that there's a there's a purpose behind your creation, that there's an intentionality and so if you're codependent then you've lost sight, first off, of the value and, and your purpose. Your purpose is is not just to, to give all that you have to other people. It's to serve God. It's not to serve an abusive spouse or partner or or any of those things. It's to serve God's plan and purpose. And so you were you were knit together. You were created intentional uh, for this plan and purpose. And then you're bought and paid for. You know again, John three sixteen. God sent um, His Son Jesus. You think about that. The Creator God sent His Son, the embodiment of God in a body. Um, to to perish, to be crucified, brutally tortured, to die for you. And so, I mean, if you've ever paid for anything, the more you pay for it, the higher value it has on it, right? Um, I'm a gun guy. My favorite guns are my most expensive guns, because, you know, um, (laughs) so what, what higher price could have been paid for us? There is none. And so not only are we set apart as image bearers, which elevate us in creation, but as Christians, we're set apart from, people um, in value because we we were ones that accepted that payment that god paid for us weeks we said all oh, right you know i'm gonna i'm gonna accept that that, that increases the value and so we got to begin to just bring things in that, in that alignment biblically and make that the center as we're moving forward that again um and i know caleb went over this but it's so crucial that you really get a grasp and understand who you are what you're created to do and be discover your value discover your purpose and this helps you to break away from the codependent um relationships from from being that giver and to to walk in the fulfillment of what god has for you
1: yeah and you know this this point here is tied back to when we're talking about the characteristics of a giver somebody with low self-esteem and you know uh, you know understand that that's that feeling of of low value or low worth that you struggle with, a lot of times has come from, again, we've talked about that there's a familiar issue with this where you saw this uh, you know, this uh, behavior modeled for you or um, you know, maybe there was abuse in your family or something like that. So there's a past hurt or trauma that we need to deal with and you need to, to you know, acknowledge that that's there and we gotta start working through that and replacing that with what we've just talked about, that, that our value and worth comes from Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, that's unchanging and that's uh, it's it's constant. There's a, you know, again, once you you wrap your head around that and your heart around the love of God, um, you, it, that's going to help improve that sensation of you know, slow self-esteem and that y- you don't need to have somebody else to fulfill that for you. So that's the first thing. So understand that you have value and deserve to be loved for who you are, not what you do for others. And the next thing we can do is start to create boundaries. So again, as, as a giver and a taker, the giver, you, you're, you're just saying, you know, yes to everything that the taker in the relationship is, is wanting you to do. And, you know, what you have to start to do is to create some boundaries and say, no, I'm not going to do this. No, you know, we're going to start to, instead of this being a, a 90-10 relationship where I'm doing 90% of the work and you're, you know, do, maybe doing 10, you're going to start doing more of this and I'm going to, you know, these are the things you're going to do and, um, you know here's what i'm going to do and we're going to come to some agreement where we're going to start to to share equally in this relationship we talked about that last episode is that you know a successful relationship should be 100 percent, 100 percent. everybody's giving equally and by doing that you become better together and you know right now there's an imbalance in your relationship and you need to start correcting that and you do that by creating boundaries you know and and this is probably something i should have said beforehand it, when we first started this discussion is that, you know, if you are being in a codependent relationship, is, there, is it even possible to rectify or redeem the relationship? Is it doomed if you're in a codependent relationship? And I would tell you, no, you know, there, you can work through this stuff, you know, you can de- just depending on your partner, you know, and, and their willingness to, to meet you and meet your needs as well. And kind of depending on where they're at with their addiction or their struggle, now, sometimes you can't, and we'll talk about that in a second, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is possible to do that, but you, but you, you know, that, that requires you to, you to, to begin to create boundaries and say, this is what I want. This is what I expect out of a relationship because you've been just doing what they expect the entire time. And so now it's, it's your turn to, to begin to, to, to carve out your, your share of the relationship.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, Again, boundaries are a good thing. You know, it's, it's good to, to have those things in place that that, that, that guard you, that, that guard the relationship. Um, you know, if, anytime we look at boundaries anywhere else, we, we know we know them to be a good thing, but we lose sight of this in unhealthy relationships. And, and we see this so frequently, but you've got to really arrive at that place um, where you, you can't give all that you have without somebody reciprocating that. Um, you know, in in my marriage, for instance, um, I, I I endeavor to serve my wife and be good to her. And if that was one-sided, that would be unhealthy. You know, right? I would I would be in a bad place. But then, in, in a healthy relationship, the other person's doing the same thing, and, and you're trying to outserve each other. You know, um, God's word tells us, um, you know, that if you want to be The greatest in the kingdom yeah you must be last you must serve so it's a good mindset we have and this codependency sometimes will come from all the right intentions you know and we could even hold it up with god's word god's word says i have to serve yes but even within that god doesn't say hey just let people walk all over you and until you're just trashed and wrecked and you can't do anything that that's not that's not walking in love and so um again bringing these things back into the alignment of what god's word says in a healthy manner and really pursuing those um and boundaries Boundaries are good. Um, (laughs) Boundaries are healthy. Mm -hmm. Saying no is is a good thing. It's a good boundary to to put a limit on stuff. I love my children because I love my children. I don't let them do whatever they want to do. I don't let them eat whatever they want to eat, watch whatever they want to watch. That there's there's boundaries. And and in that, are they always happy with boundaries? No. But you're not gonna look at me and be like oh you're such a jerk dad because you're not letting your kids watch r-rated movies and you know no, some people might and, and smoke dope <laughs> you know it's like am, am i yeah some people might <laughs> which we should talk that's you um, yeah no. um but yeah so you you look at the things in that relationship and you, you don't criticize me for it because you know it to be healthy and so, but if that's what you're doing over here, you don't have any of those boundaries in place um, with, with your other relationships. Maybe it's a, as a parent with your children or as a, a spouse, um, co workers, or whatever it is. Those same boundaries should apply where um, you, you have places that you don't go, you don't allow them to go, um, because that's what keeps it healthy
1: right yeah and and so you know to piggyback off that that's one of the things we start to do too as codependents we start to say no and that's how we start to create those boundaries is start to say no because you're so used to saying yes but you have to start saying no to certain things when they want you to do this to come take care of me come you know you can start saying no i'm not going to do this no i'm not going to um you know act this way or no i'm not going to you know, do all the stuff around the house. Or no, I'm not going to take you to the bar. No, I'm not going to come. You know, I'm no. Get start getting comfortable with the word no. That's that's one, and that's again, that's how we start to create those boundaries. Um, one of the next things we can do is that we can um, begin to pursue your own interest. So, again, in a, in a codependent relationship, you've been so much a part of just being whoever it is they want you to be that you need to become your own person, and you need to start pursuing the things that you enjoy and, and having a life for yourself. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like married couples should have their own interests. You know, they, my, I like to do certain things, um, you know, and my wife has other things that she wants to go, you know, so, Hey, I'm going out, you know, on a bike ride, you know, tomorrow or whatever. And then she's going to go, you know, hang out with her friends and do this thing, like, you know, we're, we're our own separate people and, that's that's a good thing, and you need to be able to do those things as well. You need to be able to have the freedom to go out and say, I'm going to go hang out with this friend, or I'm going to go out to this group, and we're going to make a, a widget or whatever. You know, this is my hobby. Um, if you don't have those things, that's a problem. And you need to because you are your own person, and you need to be able to do, the things that interest you. And so, <clears throat> if you're if that's if this describes you, and you're not doing anything that you find interesting. You need to start establishing those things you need to start going okay i'm going to go out on fridays to hang out with my you know my my friends and we're going to like i said go play cards or do whatever it is you want to do um that's healthy uh but you you need to start pursuing your own interests
0: (laughs) yeah it is uh you know and in relationships can be tricky because you know there's so many Aspects of our life that's tied together, you know, and, and especially if it's a marriage type of relationship, you know, we're called to be together, to be tied together. Um, but you know, it's okay to be separate, and you know, you can deal with some guilt um, on that, you know, and that's kind of that—that's a—that's a—that's a flag sometimes that it's it's, it's unhealthy. Um, but you do need to step out and and be who you. Um, need to be. Um, <laughs> I look at couples sometimes, and it's just like, you know, they're like connected at the hip, and there's an element of an unhealthiness to it. And it's real easy for us too to look at those relationships, like, oh, they're they're so cute, they have such a great marriage. Until so you reach that place of maturity, and it's like. One of them is going to kill the other one. Like, it's just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah. um, they're just going to show up one day. It's like, where's your, where's your husband? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like he's buried in the backyard in the flower bed or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because we, again, we were created in relationships to journey together. We were, but we were also created to be individuals, that there's a completeness. You know, we've brought it up. You are complete in Jesus alone. Um, And so our relationships magnify things in us to make us better um, But there's there's not a completeness there. So who are you as an individual? You can't lose that in in life Um, It can't be sacrificed so you can prop somebody else up. That's unhealthy. That's unhealthy. So um, maintain who you are um, and and everything and continue to pursue a healthy version of you which includes (laughs) Um, pursuing your own interests Um, and and next as we do this we want want to encourage you to begin to seek out counseling right begin to begin to seek out people if you need to journey with this um, we have a saying around here if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together we want you to have success long term in these things as you're overcoming struggles as you're getting free and that requires healthy people to journey with you to have an outside perspective Um, and no matter what the relationship or issue is, you know we encourage you know you here to have mentors and to have those relationships where people will look at you and be like, hey, I think you're missing it here. But certain things, certain times, certain seasons require us to really dig deep and work on things intentionally. Um, codependency would be one of those things where you need to be very intentional about having somebody walk you through it, who's aware of what's going on, and aware of how to to begin to, to bring you to a place of healing.
1: Yeah, um, the, you know, and especially church, in the church, sometimes we, uh, we've talked about it before, where we, you know, maybe we kind of think of counseling like oh you just you know you just didn't love jesus enough or you didn't have a faith like no sometimes you need counseling you know you need a third party to help walk with you and guide you through a situation and um, there's nothing wrong with that you know it's nothing wrong there's nothing to be ashamed of Um, there's no like you know we we go to the doctor if we're sick but you know if we're dealing with you know, a, a different type of problem. Like, well, no, we, we can't seek help for that. No, you can seek help for for a codependent relationship. And um, you know, and I, I would encourage you to find it like a Christian-based counselor. You know, I'm a little biased, but yeah. I feel because you, you know, again, what we want is somebody to to guide you through this process uh, in the context of a loving relationship that you have with you and your your significant other and Christ, um, because again, we that's where we feel our purpose, value, and and worth comes comes from, you know. And if you don't if you don't have that as your as your bedrock as your foundation, then you're gonna be. It's gonna be up to you to build what what that foundation is. And you know that if if you can build it, you can tear it down. Yeah. Versus you know if 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 I build it on the eternal truth of God, then it's not up to me. Those things those things hold true, um, regardless of how I feel or what I think that day or any of that stuff. Like it's not. None of that changes based on on me. But if I'm if I'm the the builder of my own foundation on what I believe, then it's, you know, I could eat, eat some bad shrimp and, you know, now all of a sudden I've questioned my existence or something. So, <laughs> I mean, um, so again, so <clears throat> This is a complicated situation depending on how, how far into that you are, you know, seeking outside help is not a bad thing. It's, it's actually a good thing. You probably should do it. Um, In most cases, it's probably not because, again, you're you're in in an imbalanced relationship. And so the person who's been the taker is going to struggle to take what you say um, and give it any credence. And so involving a counselor, somebody who can be an objective third party that can tell the, the taker in your relationship, hey, you need to stop doing this you know they're doing all these things for you you need to do these things to get yourself right if you want to make this relationship work that can be very beneficial to you as the giver to have somebody else come in and say those things that need to be said because um you know they may not take it as well from you uh, because they're not used to you saying no or saying i'm not going to do this anymore so having that person will help um but lastly you know we talked on this but. uh you know, if we've tried these things, or just depending on the level of how, how bad this relationship is, sometimes you do have to end the relationship, you know? We've talked about that before in the context of like your friend, certain friend relationships, that if you're in a struggle and these people continue to not help you, or they continue to, to negatively influence you and help you help you continue in your struggle, you have to cut those things off and you know if you're in a romantic relationship and this person is not gonna if, if you try to establish boundaries and they're not gonna they don't respect those boundaries or they you continue to try to pursue your own interests and they, they become possessive about you any of these you know th- that's even that's like a flashing red flag I don't, whatever's higher than a red flag that's <laughs> a possessive behest but, uh, but oh my gosh i just, I just had a stroke yeah. like i can't say it possessive <laughs> behavior yes that's a that's a huge red flag like if they're the, you know you're trying to go out with your friends like no you can't you need to stay you know they're starting to isolate you because you're becoming your own person that that's that's your sign to get out um and then obviously abuse in the case of abuse like no just get out like i don't i don't have a lot of patience for that kind of thing so no, no just get out Nor should you. Like, yeah, and you shouldn't, you know, you're not a good person by sticking through that. You know, you're not, you know, you're not doing the right thing. Um, no, there's no excuse for that. Nobody deserves to be treated that way. Uh, you need to get out of that situation. Um, but even if it hasn't progressed that far, if, if somebody can't allow you to be the person that God created you to be, and they're not willing to meet you somewhere in the middle to try to rectify this imbalance that you have in a relationship, you need, to, you need to end it. Um, and that's tough. And then... Um, as an addendum to that, once you end it, don't go get another relationship. <laughs> we just talked about that last episode. Don't you know? Let the let the I don't know let the the breakup text get out and rest a little bit yeah. before we go find another person to get in a relationship with.
0: Yeah, don't sit around and send a group message of people. Hey, I'm single.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, you're because if you are if you're doing that if you if you you just ended it and then you're going straight into the next relationship and you haven't worked on the issues that we we had that caused this previous relationship to end you're just going to be in that same situation and not only would you be in the same situation you may end up with somebody who's worse in that they you know and, and how much they take and so you know maybe they become maybe they you know the previous relationship wasn't abusive but this one is and because you put up with the last one now you're gonna put up with this one even more and you've put yourself in a worse situation. So uh, until you correct the correct, correct, good night, correct.
0: What's in that diet? Pepsi I don't you're know.
1: Drinking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I got it from Pastor Rick's Stash, so I don't know. <laughs> um, until you correct those things. No, that's it's a Coors can. No, yeah, okay. that's, uh, oh, I just <laughs> read that. Um, until you correct those things, you're, you're not ever gonna be in a healthy relationship because you're not healthy. If you're not healthy, you're not gonna be, you're not gonna make a relationship healthy.
0: Yeah, and I just wanna expand on this further. I know we're talking just in the context of codependency, um, but like if, you're, if you're in a, a relationship and you're recovering from anything um, in that ends. So again, if you're in a codependent relationship, it may need to end, like if you guys can't navigate that, so it's ended, or you're in recovery and you find yourself single, um, do not go get into another relationship until you correct those self-beliefs, until you bring yourself into alignment. Again, you need to be at a place where you're 100% stand alone in Christ. Like that that's the goal here for any relationship moving forward. So if it's ended for, for any reason, you find yourself single, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> stop <laughs> Let me say it for jumping. the people in yeah, the back. Yeah. Stop. stop jumping around from relationship to relationship the odds of you landing something healthy doing that are probably worse than winning the lottery. I wish we had statistics on that, but I mean, it's the odds of it happening are just slim to none. And, And first and foremost, again, if you were in an unhealthy relationship, the majority of the time part of the reason you're in that relationship was because of you and things that are not right with you. Now, Maybe you were victimized in there completely and hoodwinked. Guess what? That damaged you. That damaged you. You need to heal from that. So I don't care how you want to slice it, how you want to cut it. If a bad relationship, if that ended, um, if the relationship ended, it was bad, by the way, too. Like, even if it was perfect and now it's over, it was bad because it ended. It didn't work. (laughs) So you're walking away. No matter who you are, you need to take time to get your house in order and to fix the things that are going on. Please. Please. Please stop, please stop. <laughs> please stop. I just, its I see this so much. I just wanna like shake people. Yeah. And here's the thing, I'll have these conversations with people, I'll tell them, don't do that. And they're like, oh, I'm not gonna do that. And then it's like next week, oh, this is my boo. I'm
1: like, yeah. what? This no, is, no. we're just friends, yeah. this male. Yeah. This, this opposite gendered yeah. person that I'm hanging out with and yeah. holding hands with well we're just friends we're just you know hanging out together for a little bit and then it's
0: and, and that starts I mean
1: and that I mean that, that right there yeah
0: it's we're just friends yeah it, don't be in friends with people of the opposite yeah, sex as you come out of a relationship yeah that, that's a bound let's go back to boundaries yeah. that's a boundary don't cross that boundary and your line to yeah. yourself yeah. <laughs> as a man you shan't you should not have best friend females unless it's your spouse Um, (laughs) Yeah. As as a woman, you should not have male best friends unless it's your spouse. So you've crossed, that's a boundary that that leads to unhealthiness. Um, And so if that's you, you've come out of that relationship and it's your best friend, dude or, or female, someone of the opposite you're hanging out with, then your flags are going up. Again, yeah. it's not a party, it's not a carnival. Yeah. It's dangerous territory, and you're getting ready to repeat cycles yeah. over and over, to... and over and over again. And just stop it, just stop it. You you have the power to do that. Uh, if we could stop it for you, we would. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could just yeah, like Tanya Harding head. You, as you're getting ready to go in the race, just come up and crowbar <laughs> your kneecap and say That's no. Right. And then you're yeah. like, ah, oh, like, all right, I guess I won't. But yeah. we can't do that, unfortunately. <laughs> (laughs) Um, So it's going to be up to you to to end the cycle.
1: Yeah, here's a little insight into the male psyche, ladies. Uh, If you say you're going to be, you know, me and this dude are friends, that dude is probably not thinking, I just want to stay friends.
0: He wants sex, so we're just going (laughs) to, I mean.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, like, uh, that's a very rare man that is only thinking about, you know, I, I enjoy this friendship, this platonic friendship I have with this you know, good-looking female, and this is as far as I wanted to go. Yeah. Liar said no man ever. Yeah, said no man ever. <laughs> yeah, no, it's never the intent. That is, yeah, you, you're not, you're not overcoming. You know, yeah, yeah unless you're castrated. I don't know. you're castrated,
0: and maybe I, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs>
1: but, I mean, it, yeah, no, it's it's that's just not a thing. Yeah. That's not a thing. You know, it's guys, we don't we don't seek out friendships with females with the intent of of remaining friends with females and which is why guys you shouldn't do that uh because you know like oh yeah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna you know we're just gonna be friends like uh no
0: yeah and sometimes i think guys convince themselves of that and it's like hey stupid like you're you're dumb you're like obviously you've done that a hundred times like you keep thinking i'm gonna be friends with these women and then then you've done something damaging to them and to yourself yeah. just, just stop
1: right well and, and you know and that doesn't mean like you don't go talk to females or you know whatever as a guy because i mean like you know i at here at the church uh, i'm in a life group with uh, other couples you know and you know we're we're all friends and we hang out but like like there's healthy like, boundaries yes we have <laughs> yeah right so like whereas aaron and i like we would go to lunch together sometimes yeah. you know just have lunch and hang out and, and chat with each other i would never go out with the wife of somebody in my life group for lunch even though we like each other as far as you know we we converse and we talk about and we you know as couples we share the same interests and all those types of things i would never call one up hey you know what do you do for lunch i just want to go have a nice friendly lunch yeah. no no that's that's inviting all sorts of trouble <laughs> and um you know so no 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 yeah. like aaron said <laughs> stop 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 you know have you ever seen you know, you know everybody seen the movie uh christmas story Right, you know, with Ralphie and the, the BB gun, you know, there's a scene in there where they they convince that kid to stick his tongue to the uh, the light pole <laughs> or the the metal pole and it gets stuck. This this is what this is, this is what jumping into relationships is is you putting your tongue on that that pole and it gets stuck, and we come and rip that thing off, and then you stick your tongue back on there, and you rip it off, and you do it over and over and over, and as you do that. It damaged, you damage you damage the tongue and the the nerve endings and, and the sensitivity and all of a sudden then now we can't feel anymore the way we should feel and we that that, that doesn't function anymore the way it should function. And that's what happens when you're just doing that, when you're jumping into these relationships over and over and over that are damaging to you. And you're like, no, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Oh, well, we just broke up. No, this one's okay. This one's better. Now we just broke up. You are damaging who you are as a person and your ability to love and to care for somebody, the person that God actually intended for you. You're losing the ability to do that because of the damage you're doing to yourself over and over and over because you refuse to stop sticking your tongue to the dadgum pole <laughs> because they double dog dared you. Yeah. So stop, right? End it, end the relationship and then fix your issues. Fix your issues. Not only fix your issues, become discerning about your partners that you're looking for and expect them to have their issues fixed too. Not you fix them. They don't need a mama. They don't need a daddy. They need to be, you need to find somebody that, that shares your values, shares your beliefs. You need to do the homework and the hard work beforehand. Find the people that share those things beforehand and then get in a relationship.
0: Before I ever got to take my wife on a date, I swear she had this questionnaire that I had to answer (laughs) these questions correctly because she wasn't even going to waste her time. And like, all right, are you going to be healthy? You know, (laughs) that's the place we got to get. But all right, I think we... anyway. We're gonna stop with it. I'm not done with that. I just want you to know this is likely gonna come up in a future episode. I know we, we
1: keep teasing having yeah. a relationship. That's gonna be like a five part, oh, five yeah. part episode.
0: So just know, just know this will continue to come up until I stop seeing everybody around me do this um, nonsense. That's but right. um, we only have so, so much time in this yeah. episode. So um, this next part, it's. Uh, this can be real sensitive it's a sensitive topic it it comes up a lot Um, but it's what to do if you are a loved one of someone with an addiction right so maybe you're a parent
1: Um, well it's just to preface this so so because this is kind of related so maybe you're not in a code so this is for if you're not codependent but you know but it's it's very much related to being in a situation where you maybe you are in a relationship with somebody that's addicted but you're not necessarily you are not a giver you're not codependent you're not necessarily and not necessarily you may be enabling a little bit but you're you know again it's it's very related but it's not 100 the same thing so yeah.
0: yeah yeah that is good to preface that and i mean it is common we see these there's a common overlap common theme here um but again what what to do if you um are the loved one of someone with an addiction so maybe you're the parent maybe you're the spouse maybe you're the sibling um maybe you got you're just good friends but there's just some there's somebody who who is struggling with self-destructive behavior and and you're trying to love them through it. What do you do in this? How how do you maintain a healthy relationship? How do you continue to be there for them? How do you operate in the love of God um, and maintain these boundaries, you know, and and give them the care that they need without um, allowing them to continue down that path. And it's sometimes it feels like we're, you know, walking a tightrope on this because it is you know, what, what do we do? You know, if I do this, maybe they're just gonna run off in their addiction forever and you know, I'm gonna find them dead in a ditch. I can't even tell you how many parents, they come to me with that concern. They feel like if I say no here, then I'm never gonna see my child again. That's hard. My heart goes out to you. Um, fortunately for me, I mean, I haven't had to walk that out And, and it, but you, you, you've gotta learn to though. We, we have to have an awareness of that um, um, in order to, to get people healthy because as we've talked about, if you're disenabling them, if you're just giving these things, oftentimes you're just feeding their problem and you're doing it in the name of love, but that's not love at all. It's just mean. It's just mean to continue to allow people to travel that way without setting those boundaries.
1: Yeah, and I mean, this is what we talked about before. It's enabling, it's it's pity instead of love. I mean, you think you're doing the best for them, but really you're not. And um, so so not enabling them, not, not just saying yes to everything they need per se, um and then being honest about that situation though and that's part of that's part of being able to say no to certain things is to say listen uh, you know i'm going to be honest about where they're at and what they're struggling with and i'm going to be honest about if i give them this thing that they want or i do this thing for them that they want that's not honestly helping them that's hurting them Um, and that's a tough thing to do but especially, you know, as a parent child relationship, you know, you've got an older, you know, a grown child, right? Like, you know, 18, 20 something year old person that that's your child. That's, you know, we always see our kids as our, our kids are always like perpetually six years older in our eyes, you know, and, but at some point, um, they've, they've become adults and they've made, they start to make their own decisions and, um, you know, you, you, you know, you even did your best as a parent, you didn't do anything to, to foster this. And sometimes it's just, that's the way that things go. At some some age, you know, the influence of friends and things start to, to supersede the influence of the parents. And um, people make bad decisions, regardless of, of their upbringing. And, um, you know, that's not something that you can beat yourself up about. And you just have to acknowledge the fact that they're gonna make their decisions. And that's, and. but you, you, you still love them, but you have boundaries and you just, you have to be honest about what is what's really best for them and enabling them to continue on into their addiction is not actually the best thing for them and that's really and i don't say that with any sort of levity i understand that is very incredibly tough situation i have not been in it i'm thankful for that and i my just like aaron said my heart goes out to those parents that have had to deal with that i've i've met a bunch of them as well where you know they struggle with you know their adult child going out and doing these things and wanting wanting them to stop but you know Again, they're adults, and there's just nothing, you know, in some, some sort of circumstances, you just can't do anything about that, so...
0: Yeah. and one of the things I'd say, you know, as you create these boundaries, um, know going into it what those boundaries are. You know, so reconcile, it's like, hey, this is this person I love, you know, it's my child, it's my spouse, um, and, I mean, you... you very quickly you get a sense of what they're going to come ask you for because they do it on a on a regular basis right their mo um and so what's your response going to be that's that's a part of having those boundaries that i'll do things for people up to a point and then i reconcile all right i'm not going to do this anymore next time they reach out to me this is going to be my response this is where i've landed um and so you've got to know that going in because that's boundaries boundaries are clearly defined ahead of time right that's that's kind of like the definition there like we have to know you can't set boundaries on the go and so as you begin to evaluate these relationships these people that you love where where are you at with them today and and maybe it's a progressive thing you know maybe you're right here today and you're gonna you're gonna set the boundary and see what kind of results you get You, you might have to move that um in a harsher direction, by the way, not a more lenient direction, <laughs> as time goes and say, all right, that I tried this, that's not working. I'm going to move the boundary here. And then I'm going to move the boundary here, you know, and and begin to, to map that out so that you're prepared. Because what happens is as our heart We love them, we love people, you know, like we love them. Um, There's an element of pity, like Caleb's talked about with that too. Um, And, um, or maybe it's all pity. And so when they come to us with their puppy dog eyes, this is my last time, you know, everything's gonna be different now. You know, yada, 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 yada. Um, In that moment, if you don't have your response ready, you're gonna cave. Just know that you'll cave. So be prepared, be prepared. Mm
1: Yeah. So the, then the next thing, um, it's kind of ties into this is that, um, you know, you can want them to, to enter some type of recovery. You want them to, to, to get better and to do those things, but you have to realize that that recovery has to be their decision. I've had this happen a number of times. I'm sure Aaron has also where I'll have a parent or a family member message me on Facebook or text or whatever. And they say, Hey, will you, here's my nephew, son, daughter's, phone number message whatever will you will you call them and and have them you know come to recovery
0: every week yeah it's like this
1: and and i'll tell them you know and it's not because i'm just a jerk Uh, i mean i mean that's i mean that's not why i'm a jerk but that's (laughs) but um i'll tell them i'll do it and i've done it um i'll reach out to them and say hey i'm you know, Caleb with Cedar Point Recovery and you know blah, blah, blah. I'll do it, but I'll tell them, I'll say, it's not gonna, it's not gonna matter, it's not gonna be effective. No. If they don't wanna do it, they're not gonna do it. And me reaching out to them is, is not gonna make a difference. Um, I know we want it to. I know, I mean, I, again, as a parent, for sure, with a child going through that, I, I can't imagine what that feels like. Um, and you're just you're just grasping at straws wanting something to work and you think that's going to work it's not going to work uh it just isn't there i've never had that happen never of all the people we've reached out to typically i don't you know i'll get no response they don't answer the phone they don't respond to emails voicemails text whatever it's just it's just blown off because they don't want to they're not they're not ready for that yet you know and part of that is because if they're can able to function in their addiction they think they're fine and until like you know, and that's, are they able to continue to function because they're to be enabled by somebody that loves them? That, that continues, you know, if, if you want them to enter a recovery, stop enabling them um, if you're doing that. Stop supporting, you know, helping them to function. Because like I said, uh, I think I said the last episode, sometimes they have to hit rock bottom. Nobody wants to see anybody do that, but sometimes that's what it takes. It takes hitting rock bottom for them to finally say, okay, I've had enough, whatever their rock bottom is. That's when they say, "I've had enough," and I don't want to. I don't want to live like this anymore. And that has to be their choice. But but forcing them into it, if you're not ever going to have success with that.
0: You know, and I can speak from the place of, a, of an addict. You know, formerly that's that I was in this, in that that life for almost 20 years, and I I didn't have a shortage of people that wanted me to change, or told me I should change, or try to do everything in their power to get me to change. I had plenty of them, plenty of them. I didn't give a crap what they had to say. I mean, I might have some tears at times and pretend like I did. And and maybe at times they moved me a little bit, but at the end of the day, nobody was gonna gonna convince me to do anything differently. Um, even as I had children, you know, that wasn't enough. When, when I knew I was breaking their hearts and doing stuff, it, it really had to come down to my decision. If it was anybody else's decision, I wouldn't have made it nearly 18 years. Not even close, right? The moment my parents found out um, that, that I was struggling with addiction, that would have been the end of it, right? If, if anybody could change me. But but we can't. We can't change people. I can't fix you. Caleb can't fix you. Can't fix them. Um, but it has to be their decision. Now, I get it. You're not going to stop asking us to reach out to them. And, and I don't think yet you should. I mean, we'll, we'll do that. Um, yeah. But that that's not... That's not gonna be the thing. It has to be their decision. One of the best things that we can do is just we can love for pe- love people. We can set boundaries. Boundaries help move people to hard places that are safe. That's that's kind of the thing here. You know, we don't want people to hit rock bottom, um, but but maybe. Um, a, a boundary saying, hey, you, you can't come around the family right now because you're an addict here. Is that a detrimental, like dangerous rock bottom? No. Could it be enough to make them realize that they're destroying their life? Possibly. Yeah. That's why boundaries are healthy. Boundaries push people into those uncomfortable places. Mm-hmm. But as long as we operate with no boundaries and we're just full of pity and, and we let people do whatever and, and we just them, well, there's no, there's no hard place for them. And so they're not gonna encounter the opportunity to grow, to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit, and, and to move. And so we've gotta we've got to set those boundaries, we gotta pray for people, and we gotta realize, ultimately, it's their decision. So stop trying to pour yourself out to change them. You're not going to find a healthy way to be there for them, a healthy way to support them um, in, in their recovery, um, because doing everything for them is not it.
1: Yeah, think about, I mean, just think about it for a second. Uh, everybody knows somebody that smokes, everybody knows every smoker knows they need to not smoke yeah everybody every smoker knows that they will tell you that they know that they they shouldn't smoke everybody knows the dangers of smoking and said we all know those people we know they know they should stop smoking they just they just haven't found a way they either don't want to yet or maybe they've tried and you know this discomfort this of, of, of quitting was too much, and so they continue to smoke, or they haven't found an effective way to quit smoking yet. But it's the same way with any other addiction: is that you know, now maybe they don't, you know, something else. Maybe they don't know they need to, to quit. I mean, we all obviously know they need to quit, but they don't know that yet. They think they're they're okay because they're functional. Again, that's what everyone's talking about. If, if we're not having boundaries, if we continue to help facilitate their ability to function while doing this thing, that's enabling. And that's, you know, if we withdraw some of that support and now all of a sudden we have discomfort, maybe that's enough to push them towards making that decision, okay, I can't, you know, I can't financially support myself now because my parents have withdrawn their financial support and it's, you know, either live on the street or continue this thing maybe that's enough discomfort that they decide to make a change um you know and so so those are the things except we all know that like i said we we know that about smokers it's the same with addiction and so um it has to be their decision you can't you just can't force them to do that uh, but on the same on that same line when they do make that decision one thing we can do is to be there to support them when they do decide to enter in recovery and and so that means you know if they 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 show any sort of inkling of a desire to break out of what they're you know what they're struggling with, that's when you get, Oh, okay. Here's you know here's information about local support groups. You want to go to one of those? I'll go with you.
0: Yeah. I heard Cedar Point Recovery Monday nights at seven is like the greatest that's, place that's ever. That's a pretty good place. Yeah, yeah. that's that's um, a good place to start. I'll for go sure. with you.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'll go. I'll be there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you now now that they've opened that door a little bit this is your opportunity now we jump in and say okay i'll do that with you what can i do to i'll drive you there i'll drive you there and i'll wait to if you don't want me to go in with you i'll drive you there and i'll hang out until it's over and i'll take you home i'll do what. that's when now now you want to enable this is when we enable yeah. i will make this as easy as possible for you to go to whatever it is you want to go to uh, to make this work for you we will do that um, that's that's what you're. That's when you can enable.
0: Yeah, we can really step up in those moments and and be be there for people. And this is where we've moved from pity to love. You know, pity's like oh they're. They're in this, and you know, I'm gonna do all these things, and you allow them to stay there. Well, this is—they're coming out of it. You—you're truly loving them. This is a healthy boundary. This is a healthy place to be. It's a healthy thing to do. And—and um, and we offer. And this is a lot of times what I will counter people with is, you know, they reach out to me and they're—they're they're living on the streets, and I don't have no place to go, and it's 11 o'clock at night, and they've been in this. I know they've been in this forever, and it's like, well, if I get them a room, is that gonna benefit their situation? No. So I say. I can't do that for you, but you know what I can do? I'll get you in a place tonight. I'll get you into, you know, a, a rehab or something. Oh, no, thanks. Okay. You know, what? Yeah. but if they're ready to do that, you know what I'll do? I go pick them up. Go pick them up and, and you know, give them the resources. Hey, call this number. Um, I do that with a lot of people too. They're like, I'm ready to get in recovery. All right. Um, can you find a place for me? No. Here's a phone. Here's a phone number. Let's. I'll sit with you while you make the call you know, and, and help them in that. Cause even in that, if I'm still doing all the work for them, if you're still doing all the work for them, they're not growing, they're not doing it, you're doing it, it's your thing. And so we, we got to walk that, that tightrope line, you know, to to the left over here is we're enabling, we're, we're doing something damaging and, and right here to the right is a good healthy place to be where we can journey with the people in, in a right manner.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and um, yeah, part of it, I mean, you know that's one thing we preach here is that you're not powerless and we want you to take action and that's our whole program is based around you taking action in your own recovery and taking you know agency back and, and making decisions for yourself and, and so this helps not only um you know like so they have to have that they have to make that decision it has to be their decision to enter into recovery or start making an effort to to overcome whatever they're struggling with but the action part of it is has to be on them too. You can't do everything for them because then they've got nothing invested in it, right? So, that's the the benefit of you know that's why recovery programs do the chips. It's, it's to it's like okay, look, you've you've made all this effort for 30 days, and now you get this little chip that shows you've done you know you've done good for 30 days, and it's it's because of what they've done, and and that um, you know now all of a sudden we've got some some skin in the game and we've got something invested in it, and now we. You know, was like, Oh well I don't wanna I don't wanna break my streak, I'm gonna keep going and you know, and, and that's supposed to be a motivator and that's the thing is you can't do everything for everyone all the time because if, if they've got nothing invested in it, then it's really easy to, to turn away from it, so.
0: Criticism always comes from the cheapest seats, and so in recovery, if, yeah. if you allow somebody to have the cheap seat in their life and in their journey, they're gonna criticize everything, complain about everything, and they're still not gonna get healthy. Um,
1: one of the other things you can do is, um, you can you can help them to, to, to weigh the pros and the cons of um, their, their struggle, and that's one thing we do in, in, our, in our program is that we have people write out, as part of their why, Um, and again this has to be they have to open up that door for you you can't just like hey I want you to sit down here at this kitchen table and I'm going to tell you everything that's bad about what you're doing like that's not going to be a productive conversation that's going to happen but if they start again making sort of any sort of uh, allusion towards um, you know wanting to make changes in their life then you can start to talk about well here you know Here's what it's costing you, you know, to continue on into this. And then here's here's the things we're going to benefit from if we if we start making changes. You can help them to see things. Maybe that if they're so in the throes of addiction that they can't see that stuff, that you could help give them, uh, you know, kind of a, a third party, you know, an outside perspective on on what what it's really the damage that it's doing to them, and and the potential that they could have, you know, the things that they're missing out on, um, what they could accomplish if they weren't in their struggle. Um, because sometimes you know all they're seeing is just this makes me feel good the next day i feel a little bad but if i do some more of it i feel good again you know they they don't see the well you know here's your you're throwing away your future and you know look you know if you were if you were functioning as a human being you could get into a, a you know a good relationship and have you know a fulfilling relationship with another person and children and you know or you can follow this career or you can start to build a, a future that actually motivates them to want to to break free from what they're struggling with. But again, you know, that's not something that you just foist upon them. You can't, like I said, you can't just have that conversation. When I was in um, healthcare, you know, I'd have discussions with patients that, um, you know, uh, they'd be overweight and not exercising, that kind of thing. I would never just, uh, it's kind of like the smoker thing. A lot of people that are overweight know they're overweight they know they need to eat better and they need to exercise. But until they want to do that, there's no point in pointing it out to them. That just makes them resentful. You can't, hey, you're fat. You know, that's not going to help people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, I would talk to, you know, I would be talking to them about their health. And as soon as they would broach the subject, they said, well, you know, yeah, I know I need to probably lose a few pounds. So, you know, obviously, yeah, that would, that would probably be something that would be beneficial for you. Are you doing anything to you know, as far as your diet, have you tried, have you tried anything? Are you, I would start to ask them because once they've opened that door, now I can ask them those questions because now it's their idea. And, you know, they're aware of their issue. And, and, you know, I can, I can start to probe and see where I can, can, they may be open to some suggestions or some help, but only in the context of them wanting to do that. Um, And and part of, part of helping them get there is to tell them, this is how much it's costing you by, by continuing on what you're doing
0: one of the best conversations i ever had with this was with an attorney of mine um and uh, it was uh, actually the last last time i got arrested which has been quite a while ago now but uh, last week yeah no, last week. <laughs> uh, but it was it was great i mean he set me down and this is a guy i mean he, he makes money off of me right um so he had there's no personal motivation for him to look at me but but he's like basically he's like hey aaron listen um hey, you can, you can keep doing these things, um, you know, you, and you can keep going down this path and um, I'll, I'll keep taking your money and, and I'm happy to do so, you know, like, I don't I don't mind that, but this is eventually gonna end with you in prison. And no matter what I do, I can't stop the inevitable if this is what you do. And he's like, again, if that's your choice, that's your choice, I'm gonna continue to be your attorney um, and I'll, I'll continue to, to take payments from you. But um, basically, he's just like, have you thought about this? <laughs> have you thought about where you're <laughs> at? And it was just one of those things out of all the people that have ever like set me down and talked to me at the time, it was like one of the most profound things. And I don't know if it's because I'm paying this guy $250 an hour to, to tell me I'm going to, you know, I'm screwing my life up or what. <laughs> you know? It's but an it's expensive just, counseling but, session. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was just like, Hey, this is you're not really benefiting here. This is the cost, and and this is this is where your road's gonna end. And uh, are you okay with that? Was basically it. And for me, in my addiction and everything, it was a it was the beginning of a, or it was a start or a place of some motivation for me. It helped nudge me like away. Like, all right, you know what? I don't think that that that's what I want to do. Um, you're right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm tired of giving you my money. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, but but it's healthy, man. That we we help people the best that we can, and, and we just help to navigate things um, in healthy ways.
1: Yeah. Anything else on today's? Um, well, the, the last thing I would point out to you is 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 if we have started um, helping them, if they are in recovery, you do need to understand they're going to mess up, and that's okay. Like now, nah, if it's like the se- they've messed up seven times this week, and it's the same mess up, and. Then, and you're continuing to support them while they do that. That's enabling again. But like, um, it's not just a, it's not a flip a switch kind of thing where you just, okay, I'm going to do good now, and I do good for the rest of my life. Like yeah. that's not the way it works. They're gonna, they're gonna struggle, and they're gonna, um, it's a process. And as they go through that process, you need to, to be patient with them, and you need to help them. Uh, you know, maybe look at, you know, it's one thing we do here is that we, we have a lesson on, on. What was going on that caused me to relapse or relapse what what caused me to to mess up what was my you know where was I at mentally you know how, how was I feeling what's you know who was I around where was I at what was I doing all these things we look at that and we say okay what kind of what kind of set me up for failure here so we can come up with a plan to not do that again okay it's it's one thing to mess up multiple times it's one thing it's another to mess up the same way every time so um be patient if they're if they're earnestly making an effort to continue to get better then then hang in there with them and keep helping them because that's not that's not enabling that's helping that's that's the loving thing to do that's we're, we're helping them to grow we're helping them to develop and learn so in the future we we mess up less and less and less hopefully we get to a place where we're not doing it anymore but um but you know that's going to take you have some patience with them and that may be tough because you've had patience with them all this time and they just continue to you know they had, they've taken advantage of it for so long but now if they're honestly making an effort to do better be patient with them help them to see where they can do better in the future as far as like not putting themselves in positions to to mess up um, and that kind of thing but yeah don't judge them don't berate them um, just support them
0: that's good Um, well again if, if you didn't catch last week's go back catch it this is part two you know so we want to we want to take all this in together um but man again we're just grateful for you guys if you're in a season of struggle on, on this or on something else please please don't hesitate to reach out um if you're not a part of our community you know find a local support group um you know find find a pastor find a counselor find find the people that you need to journey with you if you're a part of our community um, we would love to connect with you and be there for you you can reach out to our church office here at 918-283-2221 you can email the church at info at cedar point Church, um, We would love just to connect with you. Be sure to engage with our social media um, for just other content opportunities to engage with us. That's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Again, YouTube's broken up into different playlists so you can find content that, that's specifically tailored to what you're going through. It's a great resource. Um, like our content. Share our content. Help us to, to just get it out there. Um, but, but we love you guys. Um, and we just look forward to just to continuing this with you. But we'll catch you right back here next week.